Wine and Shine Podcast, Episode 6. <laughs> oh, don't laugh while you're trying to drink champagne. We have what does chintzy mean? <laughs> like it means, I don't know. It's just not up to par. Okay. I'm not familiar. And then I almost spit it out. And I'm really impressed that I swallowed it. Yeah, me too. I'm Nina. And I'm Liz. We don't have all the answers, but we do have a bottle of wine and some thoughts. If you're looking for honest musings on life, happiness, health, and wellness, you've come to the right place. We'll even throw in a couple off-the-wall jokes, some personal stories, and of course, some shenanigans. So grab a glass of wine and join the conversation. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Wine and Shine podcast. Liz and Nina here, and we are really excited to share with you today's episode. We have a wonderful interview with our yoga instructor, Natalie Burridge at El Yoga Flow Studio in Gahanna. And she is just a really enlightened, uh, positive spirit that I, I for one, know we're really going to like talking to and learning from her. She does a great job in class. Yeah, she founded the yoga studio in Gahanna, which is just a suburb of Columbus. Mm -hmm. And I, we actually both went there um, a couple years ago. Yeah, because there was a Groupon. So we kind of just stumbled upon it and went through our Groupon. And then recently this past year, I got a yoga package and started going again, fell in love with it. Um, and Liz just recently purchased yeah. a yoga package as well. Wanted some, um, you know, definitely looking for exercise in my life, but I love the spiritual and stress reducing component that yoga has too. That's something that I don't get with a lot of the other kinds of exercise that I do. So I signed up too. Yeah. She's just a really, really great person. Mm -hmm. She has such a down to earth personality. She really speaks from her own experience and her own hardships and just is really on a mission to um, help improve other women and help them be the best versions of themselves that they can be. So uh, before we hop into this interview with Natalie, we wanted to get our wine review. We sure did. This is our first sparkling, I believe, that yeah, we're doing. we have not drank champagne yet. We've been drinking all the adult wines and we're straight back to, you know, 22 and feeling fine with this mm-hmm. just peachy yeah. is the name of this wine. I love peach. So that's why it spoke to you on the shelf. Yeah. The bottle. Yeah. The pretty bottle called out to you like it always mm-hmm. does. Always. Um, so yeah, let's, let's give this one a whirl. All right. Cheers. <laughs> Quiet cheers. <laughs> <was a> <laughs> cheer. <laughs> oh, don't laugh while you're trying to drink champagne. We have, what does chintzy mean? <laughs> <laughs> like it means, I don't know. It's just not up to par. Okay. I'm not familiar. And then I almost spit it out. And I'm really impressed that I swallowed it. Yeah, me too. I love it. I love it. I love peach. It tastes like I just opened up a can of soda Mm. and I'm enjoying it. It's very sweet. It's sweet. Oh, for sure. I think the peach is, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, I taste peach, peach, peach all day long, Mm -hmm. but it's not like syrupy, sweet kind of in your face. It's just a light peach taste. Yeah. It's really good if you're into fruity, yes, fruity, sweet, not Chardonnays. Uh, Sparkling. Sparkling wines. Yeah. I could drink the whole bottle of this and it would be bad news bears. So I'm not going to, but something like this that just goes down real smooth. Mm -hmm. I can just finish this glass up real quick. So as always, follow us on Vivino Wine and Shine podcast. What are we going to review this today? What's the big magic star? One to five. Uh, Let's give it. 3.5. 3.5. Do you want to give it higher? I was in like 4.5. <laughs> I think I'm not sure about rating things too high because I don't want to be… You don't want to compliment the wines too much? Yeah. Give them something to work for? Yeah. We could do a four. Okay, let's do a four. Okay. We'll do a four. Follow us on Wine and Shine podcast at Vivino. Look for our four. Look for our other wines. And um, I suggest buying this one. Me too. It's good. So without further ado, we have Natalie on the line here with us. And I want to ask the first question. Tell us a little bit about your story. So I know that you struggled with some eating 
and body image issues. And I want to know, is that what brought you to yoga and to meditation? How did you um, come to this sort of work? Yes, absolutely. So um, my story really lies in two main challenges that are really, really closely connected and, and basically one of the same. And it was really struggling with body love and self-love. Yeah, when really like when I turned 30, I had this huge wake-up call. So, you know, in my 20s, I, I um, didn't really realize like that was my problem. I, I kind of had a tendency to really kind of pass it off, you know, other things. Like if I just got more confident or if I just looked for, you know, this in a relationship or if I switched jobs, you know, like really always looking at changing the external uh, and then I finally realized that it really was my my thoughts and perceptions. And I also realized that I wasn't alone and that most women, if not, if I dare say all women, unless they've really done a lot of uh, work in this area, have really been challenged with this. And so, you know, when I turned 30 and that was seven years ago, can't believe it's been that long. Um I, you know, ended a relationship that, you know, had been toxic for me and I decided to jump from what I was doing professionally, you know, in my job to, you know, having a studio. And that was because I really, really wanted people to be happy and to feel happy and to not suffer in the ways that I had. And there's kind of this big light bulb moment of like, oh, this is, this is what you're meant to do. And I actually got it one day in the meditation I was meditating. And I very clearly heard, like, you're meant to teach yoga. And at that point in time, it, um, intention-based yoga was, like, really rare. Like, that was 2010. Mm-hmm. So intention was the word that people just started using. And so people were like, well, what's that? And I'm like, well, it's where you focus on love. And you just, like, you know, feel it and breathe it in. And, you know, a lot of people would come to me because they just wanted to feel good, right, or great. But really, the people that end up, like, really, really connecting with me and connecting with them, when they would reveal more about themselves, they would have like very much a similar challenge, whether it was, you know, uh, struggling with a form of eating disorder or just, you know, strict dieting. They always kind of felt they were suffering with or maybe they had extra weight on them and, and that was their challenge or, or just a self-love conversation. And, you know, I've made it my life, happily my life the last seven years to really teach people what I know because, you know, at the end of the day, I just know that I'm here to be a part of uh, ending suffering for people. And I don't want people to have to go through what I've experienced or felt. And I feel like the solution is very simple, even though when you're in it, it feels like it's actually not, you know? So that's, those are my, my two main things that I really um, have, have really built the studio around. That's awesome. I know for example, I've been kind of going through that transition period myself right now, which is half the reason why we kind of started this podcast was because we had been talking about all of these um, like fears that we've been going through and just trying to improve ourselves. And I feel like my story, I don't know about you, Liz, but I was also kind of blaming all of these outside factors. Like maybe it's my job or maybe I just need to strengthen my relationship with Cody or maybe I need to make more money or I was just trying to figure out what was wrong. And then when it really came down to it, it was just that I needed to find happiness within myself and really find like this higher power within me to be happy, it wasn't all of these other external factors. Absolutely. It's hard though. <laughs> it is. Absolutely. And I think it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing practice. And that's like one of the big shifts I had a couple of years ago. Uh, I don't know if you guys follow Gabby Bernstein, but she's been a huge mentor of mine for really the last, you know, five years. And all the time she's, she constantly says, you know, it's a practice like, you know, I constantly practice this and this is why I teach it. And and the same goes for me. It's like the reason why I'm able to teach it with such confidence is because I'm constantly refining, you know, the things that are arising for me. You know, maybe that's not the big things that used to come up, but self-love and the choice to really go within first is such a daily, a daily blessing and also a daily task, Yeah, you know? Actually, our second question was about Gabby Bernstein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, we asked why you connect with Gabby Bernstein so much. I just left Starbucks reading, finishing up her book right now, and I was reading it right before we recorded. So I'm super into Gabby Bernstein lately. I just got the audiobook version, so I, oh, I listen yay. to it while I walk the dog, which sometimes poses a problem because, you know, there's some instructive meditation. I'm like, yeah. okay, I have to go back and do that later. <laughs> Can't do that right now. But. <laughs> 
But why do you think you identify with Gabby Bernstein so much? Just because she is self-practicing and preaching sort of the same story as you? You know, I am such a Gabby nut. (laughs) I'm becoming one for sure. And I'm never surprised, like, the people that I really connect with, like you guys, like, it never surprises me that, like, you know, like, the people that really connect with me also connect with Gabby. I'm like, of course, it's almost like it has to be, you know? But no, uh, really, 32 and 33, those were really challenging years for me. So um, a big part of my motivation has always been love, you know, and and all rooted in self-love. But a big way to be out of alignment with self-love is obviously struggling with body image, right? And so um, with that said, you know, love being a core, really just the most important thing to me, you know, being it, exuding it, evoking it, sharing it, receiving it, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, when I was 32 and 33, I was really, I got to say this is probably some of my most challenging adult times in terms of I was so lonely being single and not really, you know, realizing that that's just what I needed to be at on my journey and the lessons I was learning. And I just remember literally Friday night sitting in my living room in my apartment and being like, okay, I'm not going to go back to Hiawas in my twenties. You know, I'm not going to go out and get drunk. I'm not going to hook up with guys. I'm not going to do these behaviors. That I knew that I actually done in my twenties to like numb out and like anesthetize, you know, Gabby talks a lot about that. And so I, you know, I found her and I really resonated with her because even though I wasn't like a drug addict like she had been, definitely probably, you know, a love addict at some point in an unhealthy way. And, um, and she had said that like relationships were her greatest, you know, basically spiritual challenge. And the moment she said that, I thought, oh my God, that's me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I kept looking at her like, you know, she's this, you know, beautiful woman who's like, you know, in her truth and spreading this amazing mission. And obviously you can just tell everything about her really reflects that her life works for her and she's in alignment with herself. And I really use that as my inspiration because I was like, okay, like you don't have any of that now, or so I didn't think that I did, but just basically like the whole mantra was like, just keep going. Like if you just, like, if she can have it, you can have it. If she is it, you can get it, you know? And that she honestly got me through some of my my toughest times. I mean, I, I sometimes I'll say like she saved my life because yeah. without seeing another like young, beautiful woman who used to be really struggling now shining, like that really gave me the permission and the knowing to like, know that I could do the same. That's actually the same reason why I resonate with her so much is so for, mm-hmm. I don't really know sometimes why I feel the way that I feel like I, that I'm searching for something more. I don't, know if it's body image. I don't, I'm in a really good relationship. I just got married. Sometimes I don't know what it is. But then I was listening to an interview that she had, I forget whose podcast it was on, but she said when she was writing this book, um, it was, she was actually going through a pretty hard time. Like she was depressed and it was really writing the book that helped her through that time. And it just made me think, even when you feel like you've kind of figured it out and you're doing all the right things that you can, you can still go through hardships. So it's not just... You're never finished. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it just yeah. really inspires me that I just need to be reminded that other people are going through the same thing and I'm not alone in it. Yeah. That really makes so it better. That's so true. Um, and, that's, and that's a big, you know, gift I've, I've received from her and other people that, that you know, I, I look up to as well is... Is it, it really puts to rest the self-worth conversation, you know, because I don't know about you guys, but it definitely has been easy in the past to be like, oh, geez, will I ever get it right, mm-hmm, you know, right. and or, or like, how can I teach this if like, I feel I'm challenged and now it's like, I'm a human, <laughs> like, of course, challenges are, kind of, are going to come up and that's like why I teach it because I practice it. And that's really all a teacher is. It's just someone who's committing to practicing it, you know? And I'm like, It's so good to hear. That's so good to hear. Because I've even thought when we're doing the podcast or when I'm writing blogs, like, why am I even promoting this stuff? Because I'm not even- qualified. Yeah, Yeah, like, I'm not even that that great at it myself, you know? So then sometimes I get, I do some negative self-talk and I think maybe I shouldn't be Mm -hmm. doing this or I shouldn't be talking to people about this because I don't know, I'm not there yet either. But it's true. We're working on it ourselves and we're- having mm-hmm. conversations with others so that we can all get better. Mm-hmm. And what I've also discovered is the teachers have actually had the biggest challenges. It's not because they had it easy or perfect. They're the ones that have really had, at least the ones like I can think of off, off the top of my head, have had the most lessons. But they just chose to like turn it into a gift. And that's really all it is. And you've done that. I've done that. And that's really all needs, someone needs to do, you know? At least mm-hmm. that's how I see it. I think good teachers have compassion because they've been through 
their own challenges. So they're able to teach other people and to connect with other people because they've gone through it themselves. Yes. No, absolutely. So I guess one question that I have. So Nina has been Mm -hmm. exploring um, this spiritual journey, this, you know, she's been doing a lot of yoga and meditation for a really long time. And I'm kind of just getting started. Uh I, I feel like I've had a lot of self-awareness lightning bulbs go off lately and and it's all kind of culminated to the starting point. I know I have this feeling like something is about to happen. I just don't know what. Um, And I wondered what, if you had one piece of advice to give maybe someone (laughs) in my situation, I know there's a lot, but but one great piece of advice to give uh, for women who may be just starting on their spiritual journey, like like a good starting off point, something Mm. they can do. <laughs> Loading question. Oh, I, know. Sorry. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I'm going to give it to you like real and raw and like boom, right to the core. Right. And, and yeah, and really, and, and it's funny because this is a space that I, that I've recently begun to own in terms of, okay, speaking it in terms of like speaking it in like my professional life. And it's this. Someone might think that they have a job problem, a body image problem, a negative self-talk problem, a relationship problem, a money problem, a family problem. There's really only one quote-unquote problem that any of us have, and it's feeling as if we're separate from God. Wow. So years ago... If I had heard that, I'd have been like, okay, get it and great. And I believe in God, but um, I'm trying to get more money. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> or, or I'd have been like, I get it, but I'm lonely and I'd love to boyfriend. So go over there with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, and this is like actually a principle from A Course in Miracles. I'm a, a student of A Course in Miracles. And they talk a lot about the illusion of separateness. And, and I like to say it like, just, I kind of put, like to put like just a slightly different spin on it, not just the illusion of separateness, but really we think we're searching for whatever it is, but actually we're searching for God with it, period. And once you really can connect to that, then that's when everything else falls into place. And I think it takes a really open, I'd say beginner, someone that's like newer to like, okay, I'm going to go within to really trust that. Like it took me about six years to like really be like, yeah, that is it. I feel like that's because, where I'm at like, right is, is I'm, yeah. I'm trying to decide, is that exactly what, it, I feel like that's what it is, but I'm not fully in, like committed all the way yet because mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I mean, I do, I believe in God, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure in where that fits quite yet with the way I've grown mm-hmm. up and with all of the other beliefs in the world. It's just, it's challenging yeah. to me. Yeah. And you know, and I use the word God because like I didn't grow up in a, um, in a very like indoctrinated home. So I, just, I, I say like, I don't have all like the Jesus and God hangups that other people tend to do. You know, um, so, you know, call it God, universe, you know, Higher inner power. guidance, divine, Energy. Yeah. Love, whatever you want to call it. Yep. But really, I mean, the way that I see it, I mean, because like, I mean, ultimately I'm a spiritual teacher. So of course I'm going to see it like this, um, that, you know, it's really, that's what we're searching for because, and really like the main way that you can shift into believing that rather than not believing it is also understanding that that connection truly will yield you everything. Like my biggest hang up to believing that entirely for me, like I believed it, but I also thought like, well, if I, if I go down this road, then will I be like a renunciate and like give, you know, and give up everything mm-hmm. and not achieve my goals and somehow go back to this like super primitive lifestyle. And being that I'm a modern woman and like, I do love my earthly life and I do love, you know, earthly things, you know, that was like scary to me. And I'm very goal oriented. I want to do this, that, and the other. And then I realized that the more I'm in alignment with myself, which is in alignment with the divine, then that's where, like, that's where I do all, all, all of my work. And so it's like, when you really can connect to all you're aligning with is like the real you, which is divine, whatever you want to call it. And that's where your work comes through and that's where the opportunities come through and that's where the friendships come through and that's where the relationship comes through and that's where the happiness comes through. Then all of a sudden there's like the shift of like, oh, it really wasn't about like all of that other stuff. Right. That completely does, makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what do you recommend for somebody that is just feeling a little bit stuck? Like they believe all of the things mm. that you're saying, you know, and they're like, mm-hmm. yes, I, I know I believe in this. 
I want to feel this. But for some reason, that fear brain just keeps kicking in. And then Mm -hmm. they just feel like sometimes it's easier to just go with the fear instead of keep Mm -hmm. trying to push through. Yeah. So there's a couple of things I'd actually recommend for that um, that I'd love to share. And I have to say that I know firsthand (laughs) because, you know, anyone, I'm sure sure you guys know this, but, you know, anyone who really commits to, you know, passive growth or passive spirituality or however you want to put it, like you're constantly facing your own fears. Mm -hmm. And I still face it. Like as I take new steps, you know, and what I'm doing, like new fears come up, you know? And so, and new resistance comes up. So with that said, anytime someone's stuck, I used to be a big one to be like, push through it, push through it, push through it. And you can, and there's nothing wrong with that. But lately I've been really experimenting with and really seeing like the benefit to like, actually like when you feel stuck, like, let's say like you're, you know, sitting down and you're, you know, coming up with like the vision for like where the podcast is going and, mm-hmm. and everything else. And you're like, I just can't think about it. And it starts to feel like real heady and just real muddy. And you're like, crap, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, rather than forcing something out that doesn't feel organic, I've actually really recommend people like, you know, leave it, like leave the room, go do something else. Like, and especially go do something else that you love. So maybe you love to dance or maybe you love to ride your bike or, you know, maybe you're into, you know, you want to go to yoga class, right? Um, and so actually like I recommend like putting down whatever is making them feel stuck just for a little bit, maybe it's some hours, maybe it's a day, maybe it's a couple of days, right? And then the next step is I actually recommend people finding someone that really inspires them that's doing what they're doing. So that for me, and like when I've taught people that like really instills the belief, like if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. And so, you know, and I think it's like a good reminder. I think anytime someone gets stuck, I think there's kind of like a undercurrent of a belief going on that like, I can't do this or I'm not worthy of this or it won't work out for me, but it's not true. Right. And so like, if you can find someone else doing it, it's like, well, they started from, you know, from ground zero essentially. And then they're at where they're at. So it's like proof that you can do that too. So it's finding that positive example. And then the last thing I would recommend is honestly being so kind to yourself. And if you're not, be willing to forgive yourself. And these are things that I I I practice more than really more than I would think that I would need to practice. Um, you know, it really comes down to like when you start to go into judgment about what you did or didn't do or you know, you move through a learning lesson, you're like, crap, I really should have like learned that. But it's like, well, you did the best you could, you know, even if you did something that, or didn't do something that you, you hope that you would have done. And so really being kind to yourself and really forgiving is are huge releases to just, you know, release that weight from, from really being put on yourself. And then that contributes to being stuck and the resistance and that can just like lift. And then you can just like move forward with ease. Have you found that it's a habit? So like when you first start mm-hmm. trying to do that, it feels really out of body or feels really, I don't know what the word is, just uncomfortable unnatural. or unnatural. But then the more you yes. practice doing that, it's automatic. Yes. So that's another thing I would say is like, you know, especially with all of this, it's not going to feel natural at all. I mean, if it does for someone that's great at first, that's amazing. That's great. But I know for me, I literally, I mean... It's, you know, at that point in the game, like when I really started like adopting these new habits, I mean, really it was like Gabby was my go-to example and she would talk about it. And I'm like, I can tell she's not lying. So I'm going to believe her and I'm going to practice it, you know, even though like I felt like it was such a struggle for myself. And it really is just like when you practice something, it starts to feel really, really natural, but it's not going to at first. And it's just because a new habit's creating for it. But that's when, that's when you can use your mind for like your own good and be like, okay, I'm going to have this new habit. I'm going to practice it because I'm, I know that will yield me something positive. And that's when your mind can override your emotions in a good way. Mm-hmm. This sounds so, I think I told you Nina on Friday. Um, I, so I just started meditation. Like it's not something that I've done really ever. And I had a very, I mean, like, I guess in terms of feeling like just uncomfortable or when I was finally able to kind of shut my brain off and connect with myself emotionally, I Mm -hmm. started, like, I almost started crying. Like, it was very, and then I Mm -hmm. had to stop because it freaked me out. I was like, I feel like it was for the first time I was being vulnerable and accepting of myself for just one second Mm. and my body didn't know what to do and it, I, like, freaked. Mm. It was a very strange thing. So it's kind of in in line with that, um, that 
sort of feeling, I guess. I just recently experienced yeah. that. And that's a really, really beautiful example. Um, I'm really glad you shared that because I think like, so, so my friends and I joke about how like, like, like the past the peace, like, you know, if you think about like when you go to Barnes and Noble, you know, and you see all like these like spirituality books, like it looks so easy and so zen and yeah. like the way it's sold, it's very much beautiful and it's true. Right. But like the road to get there can be like bumpy as hell, you mm-hmm. know, and so, yes, there's going to be tears. Yes, there's going to be even maybe yelling. Like, things are going to come up. Like, we're humans. And, like, I'm really, really, really transparent and very passionate about actually sharing, like, all of, like, the rawness of, uh, rawness of the realness of the past. Because there have been plenty of times in meditation where I've had happy tears or sad tears or angers come up or whatever. And it's just, like... And then my theory is, is better out than in. Yeah. yeah. You know, better out than in. Because what I don't know is ruling me. And so I don't want that inside of me, like, just kind of mudding things up, you know? I find that when I'm meditating and I feel like I'm I'm clicking and it's really working, I feel so great. But then sometimes I get mm-hmm. frustrated because I want that to happen. I want, like, why am I not, <laughs> why is my brain not stopping? Or wh- where's that happy place I found before? <laughs> why am I not there right now? And then I get angry at myself mm-hmm. and... I don't know, frustrated. I don't know if that happens mm-hmm. to you. It does. And so the question I have for that and for anyone who, when they hear this, um, you know, when it happens for them is what would your practice look like and how much more joy would be immediately available to you if you actually took those as signs as you're doing amazing? That's very yeah. true. I have been working on when I feel like I'm in an angry or fearful mindset, just switching Mm -hmm. it to to do the opposite because a part of me says, what do you have to lose? You know, why keep thinking this way if you can just switch your mindset to thinking positively? But it is, it's Mm -hmm. a challenge. Yeah, it's hard because sometimes Mm -hmm. my whole body doesn't want to, you know? It's like, well, I'm angry right Mm -hmm. now or I'm frustrated right now. I don't want to switch my mindset. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's absolutely, it's such a, it is such a practice. Like, I mean, there's that word for a reason, you know? And I think one of the biggest illusions that people can just kind of adopt without knowing it is somehow thinking like, just because they've decided to be positive or to be spiritual or to be about growth, all of a sudden it's like easy. There's no challenges and there's no emotions. There's no meltdowns. Like yeah. I still have meltdowns, <laughs> you know, and not a lot because I practice and I use right. tools and I know myself, but if you're human, you have these things and it's about like being responsible though when the motion comes up. So I think it's just a lot of like the more that someone practices a tool, they'll be able to discern like, do I need to shift my mindset or do I actually need to like be with this anger and ask it questions and see actually what's really going on. And then, and then a lot of times there's just a lot of, you know, Oh, I should have done this, but I did this instead. And so that's where like the kindness and the forgiveness comes in. Yeah. Yeah. So does it make sense? Yeah, no, it absolutely makes sense. I, I think it, like you said, it is a practice and the more I do it and the more Liz works on it as well, it'll seem, Mm -hmm. it'll just seem a little bit easier. Maybe not that we're trying to be fake. I don't, um, is that the word I want to say? Fake. I don't know if it's fake or if it's just. It is true as far as like, just, it takes a lot of practice. I mean, I mean, I think about like, like, so the moment I decided to, quote unquote, become a self-love teacher to when it felt absolutely organic and I own that, really own, own that role, mm-hmm. it, it was only about six years, you know? I mean, you know, were my teachings any less ineffective the last six years before, like, really owning that? No. But with my belief around it, mm-hmm. probably, you know? And so, I mean, I think the biggest thing is, there's repetitive truths for a reason. Like, you know, like there's several religions, there's several philosophies or, you know, many, many authors that talk about, you know, like, like, like the power of love or the power of forgiveness or the power of gratitude or, or even like the power of concentration, right? And so like the more that someone can just be open to, if a truth's being repeated from many sources, then there's probably a great deal of power in it. And like, what would their life look like if they just trusted that? and practice that, like there would be, like that would be like, that would really speed up the process of it being and feeling like way more natural. I actually really resonate with that because I feel that all of the religions and all of the teachings about this sort of concept are 
all preaching the same thing. They're aligned yeah. very much so. Yeah. Love, mm-hmm. compassion, looking towards the positive. Treating people the way you would want to be treated. Just being a good yeah. person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So why fight that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a question about where you get a lot of your inspiration from. So you talked about, you know, mm-hmm. going to Barnes & Noble and the massive, you know, kind of spiritual mm-hmm. section that we have there. Or what are you reading right now? Where do you get your inspiration from? Mm-hmm. You know, do you read those kind of books often? Do you pull from other sorts of genres? Like, I'm very into reading, so curious to see yeah. what you're into. I wish I could send you a picture right now of my of my little... My two bookcases, but I, I can't, I can't use the phone. <laughs> so, um, wow. I have been influenced by a lot of different things. What I'm currently reading right now, and I have this really bad habit of like peeking around in books. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I can't remember like, the last time I actually mm-hmm. finished a book, yep. uh, but I have Gaddy Bernstein's The Universe Has Your Back. Um, I'm always reading The Course in Miracles. I, I also have this amazing book called. Uh, you had it all all the time, and I believe it's by mm. Alan Cohen. I would like that. Life changing, can't say it enough. Life changing. Um, I'm in the middle of that, and but really, um, I'm actually at the point where most of my inspiration actually comes through meditation. So I constantly receive guidance, and it's so easy for me to kind of hook into other people's like words and what they've taught. And, and really, when I read a lot, it's more like a um, of a remembrance mm-hmm. rather than I'm like learning something totally new. Right. And so, really, like where I'm at in my journey is to be the most effective and like really get out like what's meant to come through me. It's more like stop reading as much, stop learning as much, and just go. Like I've gathered the information, just go, just do it, you know. But really, over the last 15 years, I mean, and I'm attuned into so many different modalities, and those have been like hugely opening for me as like I've as I've like studied like those those uh, philosophies or paths like Reiki or sacred activations or, you know, access consciousness. So I don't know. I like to say that I'm a student of truth and a student of love and obviously Kundalini Yoga. That's a huge one for me. Um, so huge. I'm different to mention it, but, um, but yeah, so it's just like, it's just whatever resonates, you know, I'm a big believer. If it resonates with you, then, and it works for you, then, then believe it and go with it. And, and if it inspires you, then, you know, that's even better. We actually had a question about Kundalini yoga. So I just started going mm-hmm. on Monday nights um, a couple of months ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Liz joined. And my first experience, I felt some of, some of the stuff made me feel a little uncomfortable because I'm not used to chanting or opening up in that way. But then there was also this part of me that was like, this is really cool. I feel like it after I would leave class, I have had this mm-hmm. sense of calm or just relaxed feeling like I didn't need to worry about the stuff I had come in worrying about. And so the more oh, I've, the more I've been coming, the easier it's been for me to access that feeling kind of from the start. And mm-hmm. I was just wondering what really is it about Kundalini that seems to resonate with so many people? Is it just the combination of the, the Kriyas? I'm not quite exactly sure how it all works. Yeah, no, that's, that's an awesome question. Um, so Kundalini yoga uh, I like to say, like, I love it because it, it really cut through my BS. Like that is the style of yoga that allowed me to put down binge eating, um, you know, numbing out with alcohol, a lot of self-destructive patterns. And really like, I can tell like if I haven't done it, like in a couple of days, because then like, it seems, you know, to, uh, it's it becomes a little more challenging to stay positive. And like the moment I do a Korea, it's like, boom, I'm back to like my, my, my full true authentic self, you know? And so really how it works. It just comes down to science. Um, meaning the way that the body forms at different angles in the Kriyas are just affecting the glands, of the body and the glands really just run our emotions, right. And our nervous system and, and everything else. And so really all it does is just pretty much elevate you into a space of happiness into a space of truth, you know, and it does it very quickly. I mean, all yoga does it. The Kundalini yoga is known to do it very quickly and, and the quickest, I suppose, you know, and I've heard people talk about, you know, mantras and, and I understand, you know, how it can be a little like, kind of like, what am I saying? This, this, this word is weird, you know? And, and so like, I know like when I, when I teach Kundalini, I like to encourage people, like if something feels really uncomfortable for you, don't do it. You know, I'm not, I'm not really one to, to push something on someone, you know, I don't think that's, you know, really my place. Um, but I also like to share with people that, you know, if that discomfort comes up, 
you know, would you be uncomfortable if someone was speaking in Spanish or French? And usually their answer is, well, no, you know, and I'm like, well, this is no language like any other language mm-hmm. that, you know, that you don't know, but you don't really give a second thought to. And that's all it is, you know, is I like to, to provide them with translation so they understand and they can feel more confident what they're doing. And that seems to really work with people. Just remember, you know, just because, you know, the mantras are in, in Gurmukhi, which they've never heard of before, it's really no different if someone was speaking Spanish, you know? It's very true. I always felt, I think this has to do with the chakras, which again, mm-hmm. I'm not very knowledge. So this might sound silly, but every time we're focusing on the heart, I mm-hmm. really resonate with that and I feel very mm. comfortable. And then even though I'm a vocalist, I'm a singer, I'm a choir teacher. Sometimes when we are chanting something or even singing, um, I can't, mm-hmm. I concentrate too much and it feels unnatural. And I don't know why. I don't know why certain focuses in the body feel so out of alignment and others seem to click so much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's two theories about that. I kind of oscillate between between each of them and they almost gonna sound like like they're counterintuitive. <laughs> um like the one is is like is like the things that really resonate with you could be really what your body's just needing and craving. Mm. And the things that you know aren't could be just like really your body just knows right now, hey I'm good. Or it could be quite the opposite. It could be the thing that really you kind of feel blocked around is exactly where the block's at and exactly where you know, could use some like extra awareness. Um, and the thing that feels open might be like just a place that also just you're good, you're open, you're in alignment. And so I kind of oscillate between two, like the both of those, which I said, you know, together kind of sounds counterintuitive. But ultimately, I think it's all okay. You know, so whether or not something feels in alignment, I think, um, I think a lot of times during the practice, you know, being in tune with how you feel, which obviously I preach that is really important. But I also think there gets a point where it can only be about feeling good. And that becomes a little bit of a hindrance. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I like to really share with people, you know, just just be with your experience. You know, I, I say, like, tune in a lot, you know, and just be. And, like, what if you didn't make it right or wrong or good or bad? What if it just was and that was an opportunity for you to know yourself deeper? And so I like to kind of play with it like that because it takes the whole, um, I need to figure it out. Is it right or is it wrong? Kind of conversation is kind of like, let's that like, you know, be put to rest a little bit. I like that a lot. So if I'm having a feeling and it's a negative feeling, Mm -hmm. do I Mm -hmm. want to sit with that feeling and acknowledge it? Because a part of me thinks then that makes me dive into the negative spiral or do I want to immediately try and switch it? That's where I'm struggling right now. Do I want to Ooh. Do you get what I, does that question make sense? Yeah. Okay. That's like, that's the other money question. <laughs> well, good. Cause I've been thinking about it a lot questions. lately. Yes. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I know a lot about that space. And so, uh, yeah, I just, I, yeah, that's a really great question. So there's a couple of things when, when a negative thought comes up, one or two things can be happening. It's either something that's been a wound in the past that is begging to be healed, which is begging to be healed. So it's, you know, a trigger and it's asking for love. It's asking for awareness. It's asking for a healing of some type. And a lot of that's just, you know, kind of like, I know for me, like when that arises for me, I'll like kind of just internally mentally dive into it. Mm -hmm. Or, and I'd say, I would say, you know, a lot of the times when negative feelings come up, either they're not ours or they're from a past wound. Mm-hmm. Because really all our minds are just like, you know, we're really big, like, like, uh, like radio towers. It's like, we're just giving and receiving, you know, signals and thoughts and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and sometimes what comes you know, up for us isn't even ours. It might be our moms, it might be our grandmas, it might be our sisters, you know, or whatever. But as far as like being with a negative thought, you know, I'd say there's... I think there's a couple ways to approach it. I think ultimately if someone's at the place to be with it, I really feel like that's where the goal is at. Like that's where I'm at. Like when something comes up for me, like I no longer run. I think that's, mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that can be helpful when someone's first, you know, making a shift from, I'm going to go from not having, you know, uh, an optimistic out, outlook to like, yes, I'm going to be a positive person and, you know, on this path. But it gets to a point where if all you're doing is running, then the path kind of starts to become a little light and superficial. And it's actually like what it's not about. And so there's this point, it sounds like you're at that point where the willingness to be able to actually wrote this in my journal today. I actually wrote face yourself. 
And it was this image of like, when you've committed to moving through fear, which is actually what's up on this path of spirituality, people don't talk about that and they don't really know that's what they're doing, but that's actually part of like the bigger picture. There's this whole sense of like, you're going to be confronted with your stuff, whether it's like a fear of loss, a fear of not being good enough, Mm -hmm. you know, um, whatever fear comes up. Right. Um, and when you're just make a commitment to be like, I'm going to face myself, meaning my stuff, my, my crap, you know, the stuff that I wish wouldn't come up, but it does, you know, every three weeks or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, there is power in that. You know, and yes, it's uncomfortable when it arises. Yes, you can even believe the story that arises, but the willingness to say, I'm going to face my fear, always, I always like to say that it puts you into this elite group of people because there's not a lot of people walking in the earth that have said, I'm committed to moving through my fear. And if you're committed to moving through your fear, moving through that negative self talk, then right there, you know, even if you don't know the outcome, the outcome has to be great Yeah, because you're like, I'm not willing to settle for believing this. So I'd say, I'd say, you know, for someone who's new and doesn't have a lot of tools there, you know, I understand the hesitancy with not wanting to be with a negative thought because that could, that could spiral someone, you know, into like a bad mood. Right. However, you know, if people have tools to use, and there's, I mean, there's tons of tools, you know, meditation, yoga, you know, coaching, you know, talk therapy, you know, whatever someone's to do. And there's tons of, you know, tools people can seek out online, right? Tons of free stuff as well. Um, that it's coming up for a reason. And it really will stop coming up when you no longer run from it. And so I really would encourage someone that to, to just, to not be afraid of the fear, to not be afraid of the negative thought. That's really refreshing. Yeah. It made me feel mm-hmm. like a little weight was lifted off of me as you were talking. You don't have to be afraid, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think just when it comes to dealing with, sometimes you don't even know what you're fear, fearful about, I think is the other thing, mm-hmm. you know? But it really is something in your past or maybe as a child, you convinced yourself that you were one way or whatever, and it keeps creeping mm-hmm. back up and trying to trick you, you know? And I, it's just mm-hmm. challenging because I think so much of me and a lot of people that I talk to, they just want it to be gone. You know, they're like, I'm yeah. done. I don't want this to be here anymore. I'm doing all of these things. I'm doing yoga. I'm eating right. I'm, you know, meditating. Stop coming up. Mm-hmm. And then you get to that point, you know, where you're like, well, what do I do now? But it's okay. Yeah. It's okay for it to come up. And it's okay to dive into it once in a while and just know that you're ready to. It is. And really the only way I like I, Yogi, I think I believe Yogi Bison has this quote. I might be getting a little bit, a little bit off, but it's something to the effect of the only way out is through, you know? And I used to, and once again, you know, I'm only saying this because I spent a period of years where I was like, no, like not going to deal with it, you know? And I would like, you know, simply just pretend I didn't feel a certain way. And, and that's not really helpful. That's being delusional, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then finally realized, oh wait, that doesn't work okay, I'm willing, I'm willing to give this other, you know, this other option a try. And there really is, and that's, I guess, where the kindness and forgiveness comes in because, you know, what would it look like if, if someone, rather than having an interpretation of I'm doing all this stuff and yoga meditation and eating well, and I listen to, you know, positive mindset mm-hmm. stuff, it's still coming up. What if they were saying, wow, this is a place where my, my body or my mind is, is calling for love and I get to practice what I'm preaching. Mm-hmm. And what if this was just coming up because actually I'm human and of course something is going to come up. It doesn't mean anything besides I'm alive. Which is and like when you can really start changing <laughs> your story, that's where the power's at. And I only can say that because I've been there. Like I've been there where it was like the self beat up over I should be perfect just because I decided to be spiritual, which is BS. And destroy that story you have it. That's (laughs) the other side of it. Yeah, is you almost feel like, well, Mm -hmm. now that I know all of this or now that I'm aware of all of this, well, now I need to be perfect. Well, no, no, that's not the case at all. I need to be perfect. Right. Yeah. I struggle with accepting it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny that just, and I mean, I thought that too. And it's only like after it, like not working for so long. And then also like me finding transformational work last year was a huge, huge component of like just really settling in with a lot of these larger beliefs that really work. It's like, what if actually none of the story around it was true and it just was, and that like, that's okay. I mean, it's like Marianne Williamson, who's like, you know, probably like one of the greatest like living spiritual teachers alive. Like she 
she had challenges come up, you know, mm-hmm. like Oprah had challenges coming up. Like, Everybody has. Yeah. So um, I say like shifting, like the ability to like shift your uh, story into a more empowering one is, is really like a, a very, um, very, very helpful and, and powerful tool for someone to begin to play with. Definitely. I know a lot of your upcoming programs that you have going on kind of mm-hmm. center around a lot of these different ideas and didn't know if you could tell mm-hmm. us a little more about some of those and, um, you know, the details of them and the impact that you want to make with them. Yeah, absolutely. So let me see, it was about a year ago, maybe longer that I, I definitely became very clear about when to support people, especially women in their body image challenges. And the biggest thing that I learned is most women have them, if not yes. all women. And, right. you know, and, and I grew up, you know, eating health food and I was active in dance and, you know, I, I never had like excess weight that I struggled with. And so what people never knew about me until I was willing to talk about it was I struggled with binge eating big time in college. I mean, big time. So I'm saying like, you know, I'd go and buy like $20 worth of desserts and down mm-hmm. them at about, you know, 15, 20 minute time period. I mean, that's a lot of food, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, but I hit it very well. So, you know, it's like, I was always silently suffering. And then when I realized like probably a lot of women are too, I was like, I don't want people to have to go through this because they actually don't have to. And it was only after I started yoga and started Kundalini yoga and just organically just that all just kind of melted away. It was like, wait, why would I want to do this to my body? Yeah. Like I want to like put like fresh food in my body and I want to eat balanced and I don't want to like, you know, binge or purge, you know, and, or over or under eat. And mm-hmm. it was actually one Thanksgiving that I had realized that I wasn't like, I was like the only one at the table, like not picking out, like I had a couple of plates and cool. And that was it, you yeah. know, people were like, what? And, and I remember being like, oh my God, I'm not doing this because I have this amazing willpower. I'm doing this because this is truly who I am now. And I thought, oh my God, yoga works. And so, you know, yeah. And so like, as I've been teaching it, it just came to me that like, people aren't talking about yoga in this, in this particular way. And that it really is a solution for women to feeling authentically confident in themselves. I say authentically because like, you know, anyone can put on some makeup and like a cute dress and some high heels and, you know, maybe they ate quote unquote really well for the week mm-hmm. and feel hot when they go out. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's right. like kind of leading circumstance. And that was based upon a lot of external things, but it's like the confidence you have that you just have it because you're you. And because you're alive and because you know that you're a part of the divine. So why wouldn't you be confident, you know? And, and when, you know, yoga can connect you to this powerful confidence and, you know, and support people when, with their food conversation. I mean, I, I always used to be on some kind of caloric restriction, fat gram counting, <laughs> you know, this, that, the other, if like I overate. And I, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I don't do that anymore because like yoga just melts that, like it melts the dieting challenges and that melts the body image struggles and it melts like the negative self-talk. It melts, you know, you know how, you know, just, you know, women compare themselves to women. You walk in a room, it's like, she's thinner than me or she's this or she's that. And so I was like, I really needed, I really need to put together, you know, a powerful program for people that will liberate them from this because they don't realize how incredibly easy it is. It's not found in another diet. It's not found on like white knuckling it. Like it's literally effortless. If you practice this, it works period, you know? And so I constructed the, um, it's called the love your body yoga program. It's an online six week yoga meditation and mindset program. And I spent about six months putting it together. I'm incredibly proud of it. And it's this beautiful, it's like, I'm, it's like you're, I'm, it's like I'm your at home teacher, uh, guiding you every step of the way in terms of like what, what Kriya to do this week, what meditation, here's like the mindset for, you know, mantra for the day. And so I really thought, what are all the things like that I found the most powerful to do? Cause I pulled a lot of things from Kundalini yoga and, um, you know, and it, it's really like they have me in their back pocket to like you know, be with them as they make this change. And so that is, yeah, that's like absolutely amazing. And I, I did a, I did a, a, um, a, a launch number one, I call it a couple of months ago. 
And some people were in the program and they're loving it. And I'm actually going to relaunch it again. And I figure like it's perfect for the holidays and New Year's. And because- We all need I the reminder of this too. Oh my gosh, it gets so yeah. hard during that time. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and I really, and I call it like a body love revolution because like I really have designed this program. And a part of my mission is to absolutely interrupt the dieting and the whole just, and all of the superficial BS that like as women, we're kind of all plugged into without even like realizing it. Like what, like how much more joy and confidence and energy and happiness and power would be immediately available to you or to us if we actually didn't worry about any of that stuff. I love that somebody's teaching that because we're force-fed the complete opposite all the time. Mm -hmm. That you need to look a certain way in order to have power, have success, have happiness. Or you need to restrict your calories or you need to go work out this much. And, you know, it's just, it's not the way to do it. And I love that Mm -hmm. you are teaching this other way and helping women find that there's a better, more sustainable way to love yourself. It's absolutely sustainable and it's fun yeah. <laughs> and it's enjoyable and it's empowering, you know? Um, so that's, so that's the first thing. And the second thing is, um, I'm just getting ready to launch on November 21st. It's the, uh, create the life of your dreams Academy. And it's a three month, uh, group coaching program led by moi. Where I, need I to really do this give away all the secrets. <laughs> this is the one I need yeah, to sign up for. Yeah, it's really like I give away all the secrets of of what has taken my life from the before to the after, really from an inner and an outer perspective. And so a lot of it is, you know, the inner mindset and the core principles that like, you know, what did I practice to start shifting my energy and to actually change who I am. So as I'm living this new way of being, like it's way easier, you know? And so like there's, you know, there's certain practices I've done and uh, certain things I've, I've just come to embody and know and, and, and just, you know, practice. And a lot of, and once again, people aren't talking about it, you know, people are just not saying the obvious, but also it's mirrored with um, outer, outer, uh, world action. So, you know, I like to say, you know, how like a long time ago people first came across like the law of attraction. It's like, it was like this whole notion of somehow like, you know, you just meditate your way to like manifesting, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, no, <laughs> in this realm, we still get to take action. So, but a lot of times, you know, people, people talk about one or the other, but it's both. So it's like, how can you have that inner alignment, that inner shift? So you're really living internally the life that you want to live and in essence, taking the outer action. So you actually then have both. And so really it's, it's, um, it's for the person who is really ready to make change in their life and change that will be lasting. And they're really looking for the real solution. Like these are going to be like deep truths I'm teaching, but in a very fun way. And so it's definitely for someone who's like, uh, more open-minded, who definitely values like their spiritual life, but also values achieving their outer goals. Um, you know, someone who's just really ready to to know that what they've been desiring, they're worth having. It's you know, it's worth having for them, and that they're committed and invested in themselves to like do what it takes. And I'm really, really excited about this because at the end of the day, you know, I love sharing what's worked for me, and and it's just yeah, I mean, both are just amazing. I feel like the little Nina inside of me is jumping up and down right now. It's yeah, like, I was going to do- say, asking Aww. for a friend in quotation marks, AKA myself, uh, how can we sign up for this? Or if we, you know, any of our listeners are interested, um, you know, how can they take advantage of such an awesome program? Yeah, absolutely. So as far as the uh, body love program goes, I like to introduce people to a free five-day yoga series at first. And, um, that is, it's going to be a long URL. So I don't know if you guys like link it or whatnot, but I'll yeah, put it in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's on com, and it's like five day challenge, five day yoga challenge with like hyphens in between. So it's, it's, a, little, it's a little long. Um, so that's also, that link will definitely be in the show notes. But as far as the create, uh, create the Legend of your dreams Academy, I really thought about what do I want this to be? And one of the things was I want it to be very simple very simple. So like 
It's all about the results that are being created. And so with that said, literally it's going to be a part of it. Just shoot me an email. So mm-hmm. my email is alyogaflow at gmail.com. Uh, and also anyone that's connected to my Facebook, Natalie Burridge, you can just private message me on there. And it's literally that simple. I'm going to send, you know, over a questionnaire, of course, you know, get into all the details of exactly like, you know, like the 12 module, because, you know, it's 12 weeks, like, you know, what would it, what would it be? What are you getting? What are the results? What can someone expect? You know, what's the investment? Um, but that I just want to be very, like very results driven, like really about the community. Like it's about people finding their tribe. I mean, imagine like being able to have, cause I'm only actually opening it to 18 people this round. So it's, it's mm-hmm. limited. Um, and I, I thought about this. I thought about like, Imagine what it would be like to be with, you know, 17 other people that are saying yes to the same thing that you're saying yes to and are looking to support you and cheer you on and like really say, go, go, go. Like there's nothing too big. Like you can do it. It's like this really supportive spiritual environment, but coupled with the outer world action and then led by someone who's lived it. And tested it over and over and over, so it works. Meaning me, <laughs> you know. And then I'm there to, as then I'm there to give support. And so it's just, yeah. I mean, both both are phenomenal. And also, what I've uh, done to spice up the um, the Create the Life of Your Dreams Academy is I've actually offered the Body Love Program as a bonus. And the the Body Love Program alone, right now. Well, the full retail value is nine ninety seven, and after the first year, it will be that much because this is permanent access. It's like literally you own this forever, and I'm it's just like a, a full on resource, very robust. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of value in it, and um, but with that said, right now I have the price at four ninety seven for anyone that you know is looking to purchase it. And I was thinking, okay, how can I kind of like, you know, marry the two, you know, in case someone's thinking of, well, do they want one, they want the mm-hmm. other. And since the Create the Life of Your Dreams Academy is going to be live with me and, um, and something that's, you know, something that's going to be like more time intensive, I thought, you know what, I'll add the Body Love Program on it as one of the bonuses. So, I mean, there's so much value in the Create the Life of Your Dreams Academy. It's like really a big yes. Like if there's anything in your life that you want to shift, and you've tried to do it on your own that hasn't worked, and you've read books and you feel like it hasn't worked, and you've even maybe tried other programs or maybe even had a coach or thought about having a coach that hasn't worked, but you're really ready to be real and commit and get results, then like this is for you, you know? And then you add everything else up to it, and it's just like, it's such a no brainer. That's so <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I know. Yeah. We have a couple just fun questions, yeah. I guess, that yeah. we're just curious about. Yeah. Um, I think mine's the most important. Okay. Liz really yeah. wants to know. <laughs> um, okay. So I have observed that you have super cute yoga clothes, and I would like to know- We have a what? Super cute yoga clothes. Oh, thank you. I would like to know where you purchase them because I, um, I've been a longtime runner, but I haven't really- um, Yoga's newer for me, and so I have a lot of um, not as cute clothes that I'd like to upgrade. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll be honest. I love Lululemon pants. I love them because they last, and I'm really funny about how things fit me, like, in the butt. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I've had pants that are, like, obviously, like, way less expensive. And they get on, and then after like three washings, they're saggy in the butt. Yes. It feels super weird. Yes. And you never wear them again, Not and you're good. just like, oh, you know. And so, I definitely say the investment is definitely worth it um, for the pants and Lululemon. And then I also, I actually wear like a lot of limited tape tops. Like they're very just, they're very versatile. Hmm. And so I kind of like marry like street clothes with Lululemon clothes. Um, and so like a lot of times like my tops will either just be like, you know, very just simple tank tops that, mm-hmm. you know, obviously don't look like you can't wear them in a yoga studio or, you know, even like more casual street, street, uh, you know, upperwear, but then like, like the, their pants, I absolutely love them. Love them. Continue. I'll have to go to the mall then. Yeah. Go to Easton. That'd yeah. Be- <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Do you have any specific morning and evening routines that you do every day? I do. I'm so interested in people's (laughs) routines. I don't know if I'm nosy or what, but I just just want to take it into your life. I just love to hear how people start their day and how they end their day. No, I do too. And I'd like, yeah, so no, we're definitely with the same on that. I, uh, 
every time I meet someone, like when I uh, was talking to like Lewis Howes uh, a, a few months ago, I was like, what's your routine? <laughs> you know, it's just like there's some You got secret, to talk you know? to Lewis Howes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, um, oh, yeah, when he came so, to Columbus, right? Yes. Yeah, so I'm involved in um, the transformational, uh, emotional intelligence transformational community here called Next Level, which is amazing. Uh, and so, and he, it's really because of him that the community's here. And I met him last year and basically he was like, go to this. I think this will really support what you're up to. And he was right. I did it. And so much change and so much really got in my body and everything awesome has blossomed since then. So it's like really like transformation and then like yoga is like my, my really like my, my wheelhouse of tools for mm-hmm. people that I, that I teach him because it was so powerful for me. But with that said, he came back this summer and it just offered to have conversation. And so, yeah, I was like, what's your morning routine? Yeah. And, you know, of course, of course the secret is there is no secret. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, um, I know. Right. So, but with that said though, yes, I have absolutely come to terms that if I don't do gratitude mm-hmm. <laughs> and if I don't meditate, there's probably going to be some sort of challenge that comes up that could have been avoided if I would have done those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, um, you know, honestly, just even like five minutes of writing in my gratitude journal, game changer and meditation, you know, as much as I love to do it for half an hour, 11 minutes, that's totally fine. Totally works. Um, and I also prefer Kundalini yoga meditation just because they really resonate with me. You know, I don't necessarily believe that one form is better than the other. In fact, I don't, I think it's more ego conversation. I think just it's whatever works, but, um, but I just love that style. So that's, that's the one, um, I just tend to pull from that style. So definitely that. And then also, I love to do yoga earlier in the day as opposed to later in the day. This does something to kind of smooth out the flow of the day. Mm-hmm. So even if I don't do it first thing, like if I'm going to see clients right away, then um, I tend to, you know, do it you know, first half of the day. As far as the evening time goes, I've actually started something new. Um, so I've been in this really beautiful relationship with my boyfriend for the last six months, and I started actually chanting a Kundalini mantra in devotion to him. And it was something that it's called So Perk. And it's this mantra that when you recite it 11 times, which is the amount of times that ideally you recite it, it takes 31 minutes. So it's a little bit of time intensive. Mm-hmm. And I actually found this last year and I was like, because this mantra does many, many things that can, it supposedly can attract in, you know, your partner, if you're a single wanting one or the partner you have. It elevates him to his fullest potential and can like dissolve negativity between you two. And basically the whole nature of soap perk is it can, how does Yogi Bhajan put it? It's something to the effect of um, like a woman can see her man's God potential realized like right in front of her essentially. Wow. And yeah. It's very powerful. Yeah. And so... Yeah, no, absolutely. So last year I started doing it because I was single and I was like, oh, I want this to attract to me, like, you know, someone great. And then I just stopped because, you know, it's long and it was day after day and I stopped. Mm-hmm. And then it's really funny because lately there was just something much larger than me guiding me to do it. And it was almost like it wasn't even up for debate. It was kind of like, okay, you're just going to do this mm-hmm. now. And so like every night before um, we go to bed and actually there's plenty of times like where I'm in bed and it's really cute because we'll be like, hey, did you do the first for me? And I'm like, I'm tired. He's like, please do it. (laughs) Which I love. I love, I love, I love because I feel like his request of of that really means so much. And it's an honor that he asked that. And so, um, and so I'll do it like every night. And, but really the reason why I'm doing it is I realize that whatever gift I am giving to him, I'm actually really giving to myself. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I say, oh, it's a devotion to him, but really it's a devotion to my practice that really connects me to God and also elevates one of the most important uh, human beings in my life. And so it's really put this, um, this whole like fun love spin on spirituality for me. And so that's really what I've been, what I've been doing lately. So, but the morning routine is a must. It's, it's my morning routine is for me. It's, it's definitely to get me set. And then the evening is kind of like, you know, obviously so perk, but, um, you know, kind of might just be like, well, how do I want to end the night? But, but the morning is definitely a very powerful, very powerful, uh, practice to have. Definitely. I love that. I think throughout this whole conversation, it sounds like when you're really in the flow and when you're really connecting to 
something bigger than yourself, it's like all aspects of your life start to come together. So you were talking about just body image and then your eating and then your relationship with your boyfriend and the relationship with yourself. And it's like all of this stuff starts to just connect and flow and feel good, you know? It really does. And and that's exactly, it goes back to that question that you asked me earlier where I said like, at least in my own opinion, I feel like the answer is always connecting into your inner guidance, you know, the divine God, whatever it is, because you know, as people, we like to, you know, kind of um, pick and choose, uh, like, what seems to work. Like, everything in my life's amazing except for my health. Mm-hmm. Or, like, everything in my life's great except for my relationships. But, like, really, there is no separation. Like, if everything's one, everything's connected, then the challenge is worth looking at, you know? And then also at the same time, when you shift something, and you're actually shifting everything. And so it... um yeah, flow and connection and really being alignment really is, uh, is definitely all a part of that. Well, thank you so much for having yes. this wonderful conversation with us. This is like the most enlightening thing I think I've ever experienced. So, <laughs> well, I've had so much fun. So, thank you guys for you know wanting to wanting to chat with me and and discover more. And of course, like share this with your listeners. I'm super honored. I, I, I love it. I mean, I could talk for hours about it. <laughs> I know. I could so keep I, going. I'm happy you guys, you know, I'm just, I'm just uh, really happy to be sharing this with you. So thank you. Well, we really hope that you enjoyed this interview with Natalie. I know I, for one, had a great time talking with her. I felt like it was just a big, huge therapy session. Definitely. And I got so much out of it. Just asking So many personal questions that I wanted answered. And I hope that you guys had some questions answered that you've been dealing with in your own lives. As always, we will link to all of Natalie's programs in our show notes, the Love Your Body program, as well as her How to Create the Life of Your Dreams Academy, which launches on November 21st. Also, we'll include information about her yoga studio. As you know, we've mentioned, we are huge fans. We love going. Encourage you if you're in the Columbus area and near Gahanna, even if you're not near Gahanna, it's, it's worth, worth the drive. drive. Go to El Yoga Flow in Gahanna. We'll put information in the show notes about the studio and make sure you have access to that as well. And as always, you can check us out on Instagram, Wine and Shine Podcast, as well as Facebook. Mm -hmm. And if you have any questions for us, or if you have any questions you'd like us to pop over to Natalie, you can send those to our Gmail account, wineandshinepodcast at gmail.com. And on that note, your girl Nina writes some really awesome blogs. Aw, thanks. Read some of them at our website, wineandshinepodcast.com as well as just general information about the podcast, other resources for you. Yeah, and you can leave us questions and comments there. Mm -hmm. But on that note, if you guys have any topics you would like us to discuss, we would love to take your opinions. We are up to talk about whatever you guys want to hear. So please don't um, be shy and send us over whatever you want to hear next on the podcast. Well, thanks as always for listening and we look forward to chatting with you soon. All right, see you next week. Bye. Bye.